0: My name is Tim McKernan. Welcome to Balloon Party. Sitting across from me, standing across from me, and he's frustrated. Well, the players are frustrated on the course with the conditions today, and I don't know what it's about, but Jackson just threw up his hands and then he disappeared under the council. My,
1: my, my headphones weren't working, but now I, I got it all figured out. All right. So now we're now I'm getting in the pocket. Now this I'm to me
0: it. to me this means the Sports Center update's going to be
1: <laughs>
0: must hear radio.
1: <laughs> There's a good chance. This
0: is the show where listeners tune in for the Sports Center update. It's nice. Yeah. Uh coming up on the show Tyoka Jackson going to be with us at 10:15. Friend of the show at this point. This will yeah. be his second appearance on the show. Now Tyoka played for the Rams 2001 2, 3 maybe 4. I don't know on that. And uh, played for the Buccaneers before that. And we discussed that last week after the Rams beat the Buccaneers. And then he was going out for the Rams and uh, 49ers NFC championship game. And and we'll talk about that. I texted him yesterday. I said, I really, I I know you and your former teammates are happy about it. I'm ill. So he goes, well, you'll get over it. But but I I really, we didn't talk about this on TMA and I know if, if we had a Venn diagram of the listenership, there isn't a whole lot of overlap of the balloon party listenership and TMA. Jackson, what what's percentage is the overlap? Go ahead and assign an arbitrary percentage that you cannot be held accountable for. Fifteen percent. I think that's the right number. I think that's it. I so think that's the one right and a half number. Out of Ten. I think that's the right number. Wow, you got it right.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm you know, I am special.
0: And I know uh, that that people wouldn't have necessarily... Well, nobody was clamoring for it on TMA this morning, but I'm actually looking forward to discussing the topic. And I know Tyoka feels strongly about yeah, it. And this is the Flores lawsuit. Um, and he was on ESPN's uh, Get, Get Up, up yep. with Mike Greenberg this morning. Yeah. I have not heard this audio. So this will be new to me, as it will be to many of the people listening, because he just appeared, Brian Flores did just... Within the last hour, right? Within the last hour and a half or yeah, something like that. Yeah, he was on 8.30. And uh, he said uh, a couple of things that you thought were worthy of uh, playing on the show. Tayoc is going to be with us coming up in like 10 minutes, so I'm anxious to hear this. So what do you got? You set these things up for me. What do we got uh, going on? We got,
1: on? Uh, he's detailing what happened with his interview with the Denver Broncos and what his opinions and Greenberg and him go back and forth questioning it. So. Okay.
3: Um, you state that in an interview that you had with him that John Elway and another Broncos official showed up an hour late, looked disheveled, it was obvious to you they had been drinking heavily the night before the interview, you say it became clear they only were interviewing you to fulfill the provisions of the Rooney rule, what specifically can you remember about that
4: interview? Uh, so I've had nine interviews with NFL clubs, there's been one interview where anyone was late, um, it wasn't me that was late, it was interviewers who were late. Um, That was with the Broncos. Um, I think there was a reason why they were late. Um, I think they were, um, they they had, uh, they had been out the night before. I think that's the reason why. Um,
3: What what made you believe that? I I mean, not immediately left you, but what made you, what gave you the impression, if you will,
4: that they had been out drinking the night before? Well, I mean, when you sit at a table with, with with five people who are interviewing you, um, uh, you know who's, uh, you can tell who's, Asking questions, who's into the interview, and who's uh, not necessarily in the right, right, right state, I would say, in, in, in that moment. Um, but even then, I would say I put my best foot forward um, and showed uh, why, you know, I was a, a good candidate for, for that for that job. I'm always going to do that. Um, but you know, I, I, I certainly did not feel uh, like I was taken seriously. And I, I was just there as a as a rule.
3: Vic Fangio ultimately was hired for that job and was subsequently fired a month ago. You are aware, of course, that the Broncos have released a statement emphatically denying the allegations, giving specifics about what time the interview began, what time it ended, where it took place. They say they have
4: notes. What is your reaction to that? Uh, uh, I deal with truth. That's my reaction. Uh, I deal in truth. Um, uh, honesty and integrity is important to me. Uh, and. Hopefully, we, we um, you know, we, 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 there's a day where
3: we, we, we find out the truth on that. Once again, to be clear, there's no question in your mind about your recollection of this, regardless okay. of what they said. Okay. And,
0: and- All right. So he's talking about the Broncos interview. Right. Yes. Now that one to me is the t- the two headlines for me on the on the Flores litigation. The biggest one, actually, to me, is that he was being incentivized to lose games yep. by Stephen Ross, the Dolphins' owner. Yes. And then when he didn't do that, and then when he didn't meet with the quarterback in his lawsuit, who was considered a high-profile quarterback available after the 2019 season, uh, later reported uh, by Joe Shad, if I'm not mistaken, is the one who I saw at least first reported last night, to be Tom Brady mm. to avoid the tampering rules— Stephen Ross then treated him with disdain. And then I, I do remember, and I saw Michelle Smallman uh, tweet right as I saw it as well uh, about a month ago, three weeks ago, when he was fired. I remember thinking to myself, man, I'm surprised Brian Flores got fired. But you never know what's going on inside of an office. You never know what's going on inside of a football team. You never know what's going on inside of a radio station. You just don't know. And I'm not going to sit here and pass judgment. I don't know. So this explanation certainly would lend itself to going, oh, okay. Well, they didn't like each other because of this reasoning, because record-wise, he had himself a pretty nice football team, especially a team that dealt with a good amount of injuries as far as the Dolphins go. I only know that because of being obsessed with daily fantasy sports and wagering. But Stephen Ross incentivizing him, giving him $100,000 to lose a game. Each game he loses $100,000. You have that, and then you have Bill Belichick and the texting issue thinking he's texting Brian Dable of the Bills, who used to be on Belichick's staff, in New England, just like Flores was, except he's texting Flores congratulating Dable that he is going to get the job three days out from Flores' interview with the Giants. That, to me, is the most titillating thing. Definitely. Um, and then, of course, that the Broncos executive team was appearing to be, according to Flores, hungover. But that, I mean, you know, I don't know. If that that isn't to me as—that's right. I mean, just like, okay— I don't know. I I just,
1: I think for him, he was just felt disrespected in a certain way that, you know, they didn't come. Take him seriously. Exactly. And that they were just doing. Checking the box. Right. I
0: follow. Uh, What else do we have here from this interview?
1: We have Brian Flores on the incentivized losing of games uh, payment from Dolphins. All
0: right. I'm anxious to hear this one.
3: The owner, Stephen Ross, approached you about tanking games to get a better draft choice and said he would give you $100,000 for every game you lost. As you can imagine, that obviously has enormous repercussions. What can you tell me about the specifics of that offer? How specifically did he state that to you?
4: You know, that was uh, a conversation about not doing as much as we needed to do to win football games. Take a flight, go on vacation. I'll give you $100,000 per loss. Like those are just, the, you know, exact words. Um, and it's not something – look, I deal in truth. Um, and I, I say that to the players as well. I'm going to give you, you know, good news, bad news, but it's going to be the truth. It's going to be honest. Um, and in that instance, you know, look, I, I, I came from – this game has done a lot for me, mm-hmm. uh, a lot for me personally and my family. Um, and I've said this, you know, on other you know, shows, but my parents are immigrants. I'm first generation. I grew up with, you know – you know, in a tough neighborhood here in, in, in Brooklyn, Brownsville, where there's crime and poverty and you know, violence, um, and it was hard to to make it out of there. And the game of football is the reason why, or a big reason why, along with a lot of the great people that mentors I've had in my life, um, why I was able to have the success that I've had. So to disrespect the game that way um, was 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 something that. No trust was lost, and there were certainly some some strained relationships. And ultimately, I think that was you know, to my demise in, in Miami.
0: So I, one of the things on this, because Ross, well, the NFL is rushed to his defense, um, is if he had, if this, like the Belichick exchange, was in text form. Right. He's saying it was in a conversation. Yes. So at this point, Ross can can deny it.
1: He, say, he said, she said. Uh, situation.
0: Hugh Jackson uh, has come out this morning. Uh, Jackson. Do you recall Hugh Jackson so with the Cleveland Browns? Right, didn't go real well. Baker Mayfield, not a big fan of his work.
1: No, and then he went to the Bengals to be their what? D.C.
0: That's uh, I believe correct. He is now the head coach at Grambling. Uh, so he was one and thirty-one over his first two seasons with the Browns, and then they were off to a two-five and one start in 2018, and then that wrapped it up. They let him go. Um, that uh, he was saying that he wasn't offered $100,000, but that Jackson responded to a tweet about the case by saying Brown's owner, Jimmy Haslam, quote, was happy while we kept losing, and then wrote, quote, trust me, it was a good number in response to someone who said Haslam wasn't offering $100,000 per loss. In another tweet from the executive director of Jackson's Foundation, uh, she said they had records that would support Flores's case— and wrote that Jackson and team executives uh, who are now the team's general manager, Andrew Barry, were paid bonus money to tank in 2016 and 2017. Jackson replied by saying he can quote, back up every word he's saying. So you know when you're trying a case, again this is the second time this week I'll play attorney as a guy who still has eight credit hours for a journalism degree from Missouri and that's where it stopped and started. Having this evidence is the thing that's going to determine how far this can go. And so if Hugh Jackson is adding to this, that this has been going on, you know, we have theorized in St. Louis about whether or not Stan Kroenke and Kevin Demoff were really trying to win. Demoff didn't necessarily help the cause when he went on his brag tour to his alma mater, Harvard-Westlake in Los Angeles. And when the Rams were actually kind of lurking in the playoff mix in 2015, their final season here, yep. and said, fortunately, I this is the, his words, fortunately or unfortunately, we went on a losing streak, which then allowed them to focus on right. <laughs> the moving Packing up. Yeah. Uh, so that was, I when that happened, I'm like, I can't. I can't believe these guys are just so brazen. Exactly. And their brazenness is what played a role in the $790 million. Yep. Had they handled it without the victory tour, without, like, the social media brag, the twice-divorced guy at Napoli just trying to hang on and land the 28-year-old, if they hadn't done that, I don't think they would have been in the spot that they were in with this St. Louis litigation. I don't. So here, now you actually have coaches— saying, in the case of Hugh Jackson, proof that this goes on, that not only, like, hey, it'd be better for your standing here with the organization if you would lose, that he's got proof. That takes it to another level. So there, there are so many different layers to this and what it could wind up meaning. Um, that it is something that uh, I'm I'm looking forward to really kind of deep diving in here. Tayoka Jackson um, is going to join us on the other side of the break, looking forward to his perspective. Your thoughts are, of course, welcome. Air Comfort Service, text line 65780. Tayoka Jackson with us coming up on the other side of the break. You are listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN.
2: We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
0: Welcome back, Tim McKernan. With you here on 101 ESPN Action Jackson on the ones and twos, and it is our pleasure to welcome to the Brown and Croup and Celebrity Line friend of the show, Tayoka Jackson. Tayoka, good morning.
5: Tim, what's good, man? How you doing?
0: I am doing very well. I'm so glad. You know, we were. I was texting you last week, seeing if you could come on after the Rams played uh, the 49ers, and I knew that it was mm-hmm. uh, for you going to be going to be tough. But I'm glad that we didn't talk on Monday because it's perfect that we're having you on today with the story of this lawsuit. I'm really anxious to get your perspective, kind of do a deep dive on it, do a couple of segments with you. And, and I know you were talking to Jackson and said you'd love to to hear from people. Best way for, uh, for us to do that, if people agree, disagree, or if they have questions or thoughts, is to text in... Six five seven eight zero is how you can text in. Agree, disagree. You know, ideally we can keep it civil, but you know, I recognize it's 2022 and that might be difficult. But either way, (laughs) hearing hearing different perspectives. So, um, when you when you read this story last night on the Flores lawsuit, what, what stood out to you the most? As somebody who spent time in the league, successful franchises knows so many people in the league. Now, some of the guys you played with, coaching in the league, you were just at the game on Sunday. What's, so it's not like you're disconnected is my point. What was your first thing that, uh, that, that jumped out to you or what jumped out to you most, Hayoka?:
5: Not shocked at all. The only shock was that there's finally proof. Um, you know, when you're black or brown in America, you know that racism and discrimination and um, just the marginalization of people that look like you happen in all walks of life. So, but it's just really hard to prove it. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to prove that, Hey, I didn't get that opportunity because I was black, you know, as opposed to, I, I wasn't good enough. And so when you're listening or when you're speaking to people who've never experienced that, especially generationally, it's hard to get, you know, someone to bend their ear and understand where you're coming from. They may try, but you know, even, you know, at their defense, it's hard for them to steal you because they know at the end of the day at You know, the cream always rises to the top, and why are you complaining? And that's how I was raised, and that's how I raised my kids. However, I will also tell them the truth, that institutionalized racism in America exists, and we need to be honest about it to all races, because the truth of the matter is, Tim, I need your people, people that look like you, to understand and end it, because I can't. And people who look like me can't end it because I just don't have the power. The 32 NFL teams, none of them are owned by black people or brown people, Hispanic, whatever. And so the only people that can end this are the owners. But when you're white in America, you don't experience institutionalized racism. So institu- so ending and dismantling institutionalized racism is never at the top of your agenda. It's never in the top 100. And so that's why the Brian... Is, uh, story
0: of this I'm, I'm going to add and, I, and you know i'm coming from a good place if i didn't want to discuss it we wouldn't we wouldn't have have you on for a couple of segments so i'm asking this from a good place to understand it and i would imagine some people listening might be wondering this themselves what i read from the litigation and i want to be clear it's not like i read all 50 plus pages of it but the stories of the mm-hmm. litigation and the examples of it from my standpoint, the fact that only one team is at this moment, I would imagine that will change, especially now. But only one team is coached by um, a black head coach, Mike Tomlin. Whoa, whoa, whoa,
5: whoa, one second. Tell me, why would you imagine that would change? Honestly, though, tell me, why would you imagine that?
0: I'm curious to know. I believe that the NFL will pressure organizations to hire a black coach after this
5: based on what based what on the based on?
0: on the PR fallout and that all hells breaking loose this is their move all this is the same this is the same operation that was going out of their way I believe Mm -hmm. behind the scenes to make sure that Colin Kaepernick was not a quarterback anymore. Not to say that he was some star quarterback when he was heading Mm -hmm. out of the league. Why? Because Mm -hmm. it was bad for business. And now the league, Mm -hmm. all of their commercials in between playoff games is showing people of color and talking about how they are going to advance and how the NFL is completely behind them. Well, things suddenly changed after George Floyd. So I think they're going whichever way the wind blows, which is wherever the money blows. That's why I think. Okay.
5: Well, well, and you might be right. I I personally see no history of that so i'm not going to assume that again being black in america i i I don't see that optimism maybe you're right yeah and i I, I don't even know if i would
0: call it optimistic so much as just believing this is how the human there let me put it this way if i could bet everything i have that i believe there are five remaining openings um for the head coaching positions of a variety of organizations one of course the Mm -hmm. miami dolphins uh, Jaguars, Texans, and I don't know who else I'm leaving out. Vikings, Harbaugh being talked about for the Vikings. Uh, I would be – if the over-under is a half, which I know is super low, but that would mean just mm-hmm. one. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. I bet all day. You bet the over. Oh, exactly. yeah. All, would you and, bet the and, over and, or are you on the under?
5: Uh, I, can I push? <laughs> no, I, would, I, would, I would bet the under. I would, I would bet the under because, you know, you, you don't get to tell a billionaire – uh, what he wants, what he needs to do with his his money and his in his uh, business. Yeah, uh, that that would be my guess. But 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 to your point, it, it, you know what I I, I do correct myself. That, that's not optimism. Who the hell wants the job that way? Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That was that was my point yeah. on it. I know. Yeah. I, I'm with you now. I see it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, who the so- hell wants it that way? Why Why do we need this crap to push for something that shouldn't need to be pushed for? Why wouldn't you want the best? woman or man for the job, regardless of what they look like. I know that's what it says on paper. I mean, that's the whole thing about this. Tim, like, every organization has documents that say we only will hire the best, regardless of color or, uh, or, or orientation. We will only rent to uh, those who qualify, regardless of uh, sexual orientation, or race, or gender—we will sell to anyone, regardless of. That's that's what all of the organizations have, but yet the facts are: everything in America is segregated based on race and based on um, money. And generally, unfortunately, disproportionately, people who are black and brown fall in that money category as well. And that's that's the unconvenient truth so you know so we have to be able to say why is this happening what, what what's so wrong with having a black head coach for your football coach I know it's I, I know it's, we hear from people
0: okay and we got a bunch of people texting in and, and you're welcome anybody's welcome I'll read I'll read whatever like I said ideally it's civil but yeah. I know that when you have this topic it inevitably can go off the rails but we'll try to keep it uh with the with the responses we read uh as civil as possible I, I saw you talking about the Rooney rule so I have two questions on this First off, I I truly don't know. From my standpoint, and maybe I'm coming at this from a more utopian view of the world, but if somebody wins, I couldn't care any less. And, And I should include the disclaimer, I want the person to be... You know, not some kind of you know. I don't know. I don't know who would be considered the worst conduct head coach. Maybe you would be able to name somebody. Probably not your style to name somebody, but you know, <laughs> within within the realm of reason that they win, right. I don't think a fan base or around the league people are going to. Oh well, he's a black guy, or oh, he's gay. I just don't think people care in twenty twenty two for the most part. Let me put it that way. that it's going to impact things. I think the difference on Kaepernick and why that was different is that people felt now whether you agree or disagree, just stay. From what I think some people felt was that by kneeling, he was disrespecting the country and/or those who were serving. Not to go down the Kaepernick road, but I think that would be the difference and why it's not apples to apples. So I look around the league and I go, I'm I, I truly am surprised. First off, I remember being surprised when Flores was let go in Miami about three weeks ago. But then, secondly, man, it is really kind of bizarre that there's only one black head coach in the league, so then you can't help but go, something's got to be going on. I just don't know why somebody, as a billionaire, <laughs> they care about winning. They've got money. They're good. Why wouldn't they just go, I'm going to hire the best guy? But mathematically, it just doesn't add up. What do you think's going on? It's called implicit bias. You have it. I have it. Every human
5: being on the face of the earth has it. Unfortunately, your implicit biases, seems, um, affect me horribly because of the way America's System has been created historically. Again, these are very tough words and subjects to talk about. But making them them being tough does not mean we shouldn't. And it's, that's yeah. why I'm so thankful that you and I have these conversations. Now, and I love having so these that,
0: conversations.
5: That's right. And so and so everyone who's listening can hear uh, these. You know the words that are coming out of your mouth and that are coming out of mine. And you just helped me realize an important point just a few minutes ago. And you know, so that's why they're so important. But. Back to my, my answer. It's implicit bias. Yeah, on the surface, it makes absolutely no sense. But yet, here we are. It's been how many years the NFL has been in existence now? A hundred? Over a hundred?
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Or somewhere? Yeah. And yet, there's never been a black owner. If you think it's because black billionaires don't exist? Of course they exist. You think Jay-Z couldn't put together a team to, to be a majority owner of a football team? Of course he could. I mean, there's a man out in Denver right now who is trying to buy the Denver Broncos. Now, I would say to you, after this story, I think his his package and his group look a hell of a lot better. <laughs> I would agree. Now you're starting to see how I see stuff. it,
0: yes. Yeah. No, no
5: question. No question about that. Now, that part, is that's a little different. That's a little different conversation because you're not forcing one owner to make a decision about his own team. This, that That team is being sold by... The family, right? By not even being, yeah, right. And it's and it's actually being sold by. um, I want to say it's a uh, a trust is actually selling it. You know, so their their job is just to sell to the highest bidder to get the most money for the trust. So at the end of the day, um, if his if his bid is good enough. I, I, you know, I would I would be shocked. I, I'm sorry, Paul, uh, Apologize for not remembering his name right now, but I could Google. like a super producer Action Jackson, could bring up the gentleman's name, the billionaire who's from Denver, yeah. who's uh, looking to, black billionaire. But the point is, uh, implicit bias. We're raised with it, and it's not something that lives in our forefront of our mind. But it's in our subconscious. So I, 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 you've, said that,
0: you've said that a few times for the purpose of what you are. I think I know what you're saying by it. In other words, it's subconscious. Yeah. It's not like people are like, man, mm-hmm. I really believe white people are better. Man, I really believe right. black people are better. But you're saying it's you relate to someone better, and then therefore you are more likely to subconsciously give that person favor, even if you don't necessarily dislike a race, religion, sexual orientation. That's what you're saying. Am I right? I'm saying that and then conversely, you dislike another group more and those groups that you
5: name would be there. And that's all based on images that you've been exposed to from the youngest age, how conversations were handled, the facial expressions when certain subject matter come up from people you trust, whether it be parents, teachers or whatever. The fact that I was taught that Christopher Columbus discovered America and I grew up looking at money and every face on the money. Was white and every superhero I loved was white. That really did a number on me, Tim, growing up. Now again, I'm going. I'm 50, so I'm not sitting here saying everybody has the same baggage I have. I'm just unpacking my baggage for you. Mm-hmm. So I it really did a number on me, and and I had to. Fortunately, I had parents who helped me learn and love myself, and taught me the truth about uh, African. Uh, people and how um, African people were imported here as slaves and how we were able to persevere and overcome in spite of the hardest uh, conditions and in spite of systematic uh, oppression and rules and laws being passed to hold us down, we have, in spite of all of that, we've succeeded. So that gave me the the, the self-esteem to believe in myself and to love myself and to love everybody else who looks like me. If you don't have people stepping in to reverse some of these implicit biases, then they're going to exist. Why don't I hate white people? I don't hate white people because I have, I have white people in my family. I've, got, I was been, I've been taught and loved by white people. So for me, it was not easy or it was easy to not hate white people. So again, some of my favorite characters growing up were white. So of course, I, how can I hate you know Superman, Spider-Man? Of course. But then where's the other side for white folks growing up? You know, where where are these images and these heroes? It's not the way it used to be, you know, in the 70s. But but yes, it still exists and it's implicit. And these are the things that come out in stories like this and decisions like this by billionaire owners who grew up in the 50s, the 40s, 50s and 60s.
0: All right. We've talked about the problem on the other side of the break. I want to talk about any ideas for a solution. I saw you tweeting about the Rooney rule last night. I know the Rooney rule was done with uh, with good intentions. But uh, clearly, it is not necessarily leading to, I think, the goal that the Rooney family wanted it to lead to. And now you have. Well,
5: well, well, well Tim, look, it's leading to that goal for one family, and it's the Rooney
0: family. <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. Things have gone well in there's the Tomlin era. But, but yes, yeah, you're there's, right.
5: There's one organization. There's one organization who's following the Rooney rule and its spirit to a team. And those are the
0: roomies. And we will talk about that on the other side of the break. Plus, read a a number of texts. We're getting a bunch of texts, as you might expect. We'll read some of those. So if you have thoughts on what Tayoka has had to say, what I have had to say, please text in 65780. Tim McKernan with you. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN.
2: We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
0: Welcome back to 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you here on the show. Tyoka Jackson, kind enough to stick around for a second segment. He is on the Brown and and Celebrity Line. You're welcome to text into the Air Comfort Service text line with your thoughts on our conversation. 65780, talking about the Brian Flores suit. Tyoka, you were talking last night on Twitter about the Rooney Rule, and we talked about it leading into our commercial break. We acknowledge that there is, at the very least, a mathematical phenomenon with one head coach being black in the NFL, uh, if not ulterior mathematics. Motives, implicit bias, as you were talking about. What, in your opinion, would be a solution or at least a way for wrongs to be righted if you see a potential solution out there?
5: Well, first of all, let's wrap our head around the fact that white billionaire owners have to create a rule to police themselves, to force themselves to even interview black candidates. Just think about that for a second. Just They're creating a rule to force themselves to do the right thing. Okay. So 32 NFL teams, one black head coach, 11 black defensive coordinators out of 32 teams, and four black offensive coordinators. Now, you know you've been covering NFL for a long time, Tim. The quickest way to become an NFL head coach is through what? Defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator?
0: Oh, really? now so, so you were saying that there is actually a, a stepping stone that's better than the other?
5: No, I'm sitting here saying to you that there are only four offensive coordinators in in the NFL. Okay, okay. Took his way to become a, a head coach.
0: Yes, of course, absolutely. <laughs> so that, is, a, that is that a, is a, that you're on the doorstep at that point.
5: That's right. So that's telling as well. I just want to show you the pipeline is also.
0: Being oh, okay, so, so so therefore you're saying with 60, 64 positions when you thirty two mm-hmm. times two, the math is fifteen. Is that correct? that's correct okay that's
5: correct but even more importantly there's only four offensive coordinators okay in fact we, we've seen teams hire special teams coaches as their head coach rather than give an opportunity to a deserving African American coach okay so but back to your question it was about solutions the only solution that I see to all of this is increasing black ownership that's the only way because again when you are a woman and you wake up every day, it, it's not a far-fetched idea to understand that women's issues and women's rights and equality may be at the forefront of your mind every day. That, that's not a, a far-fetched argument. Right. right? I follow and that. So, and so, yeah. And so as a man, I, I mean, I, I do care about equality for women, but I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say that's the number one issue in my mind every single day. That's BS. So why would I expect it to be equality and uh, diversity and inclusion be at the top of white billionaire owners every single time they wake up. It's just not at the top of their agenda. I understand that. So what the NFL needs to do, Roger Goodell, you need to spearhead this real push to increase black ownership to at least one initially, but it's going to take three or four. And then, then things will change. That's the only way. And there are black owners out there waiting to happen. And I was talking about before. Robert Smith is the name I, I had forgotten. He's the billionaire in Denver. You got Bob Johnson, who used to own the, uh, used to be the Bobcats, you now the Hornets, right? Mm-hmm. The former BET founder. Uh, you, you know Michael Jordan. I, I think he'd be a pretty good candidate. I think he could probably raise the funds. I think Jay Z, as I said before, could probably find the money. Oprah could probably get it done. There are others that I, that I haven't named. So Magic former- Johnson,
0: uh can buy out Spanos.
5: Come on. So so don't tell me that there aren't. Don't tell me that it's no diversity because they just aren't out there. They're there. The owners don't want it. And and that's the bottom line. To to today, to this conversation, the owners have not wanted a black owner in the NFL. That's the problem. And everything else, including Brian Flores, it trickles down to that.
0: So taking, and I recognize that, that's of course going to take, I mean, you know, maybe there will be a black owner with, with Robert Smith in Denver. Maybe not. We don't know. That that That's more of a macro long-term, short-term with mm-hmm. regards to the Rooney Rule. I just have a tough... But, I mean, it has to be the case, just mathematically. I, in, in 2022, for me, but like you said, you don't wake up thinking about women's issues. I don't wake up thinking about minorities' issues, so we're talking about mm-hmm. our implicit biases. I just... Mm-hmm. If I'm an owner... I just want to win, even if deep down I'm like, man, I'm really not a big fan of black people, but hell, this guy's the mm-hmm. best, and that's going to allow me to win. So it just strikes me as just so strange that you only have one black head coach. With that said, what can be done with the Rooney Rule? Is the, does the Rooney Rule work? Should it be tossed? I mean, what, what is your thoughts on the rule?
5: I wouldn't toss it, but let's not sit here and, and you know believe that it's anything but just a toothless rule. It's, it's, it's only meaningful to people that care. And if you care, the Rooney's care. <laughs> that's why they created the rule. And that's why they don't have a problem having a blackhead coach. Even if he struggles. Even if he barely misses the playoffs. even what, Which hasn't happened. But <laughs> and That's a whole other thing. I mean, the only blackhead coach we have in the national football league is a guy who never missed the playoffs. He's I mean, never, never he had a losing had, season. All right, Come on, man. Stop it. Yeah, he's never had a losing season. Okay, so, I mean, this is ridiculous. But anyway, it, the, the Rooney rule only matters. If you care about diversity, if you don't, then you do things like the Broncos did. You show up to uh, Flores you know, his uh, interview drunk late. And you have an interview that means nothing because you've already got your guy uh, or you do what the giants did. And that's already had their guy, but you're still going to bring him in for an interview so that you don't get dinged and lose uh, draft picks. So, you know, those are organizations that don't care. For the Why per- would I think that, that the other 31 are any different because I'm looking at them and I see no difference in their history
0: for the purpose. I don't even know if I'm playing devil's advocate so much as it's how I view things, but it's, but if mm-hmm. one wanted to lump it in, they go, well, that's a bigoted perspective. I of course don't think it is. Maybe you will think it is, uh, mm-hmm. is I, I, if somebody has identified the person they believe they want to hire to lead their football team, but they know they have to adhere to the Rooney rule they're mm-hmm. they're playing by the rules. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Brian, Brian Flores was the victim in the case of the uh the Giants hire and the Bill Belichick right. text exchange. Right. I don't I, I don't know if th- from my standpoint, Tayoka, I don't see that as racism. Do you see it as racism? No, not in that particular Okay. Small All right, yeah. And that's case. that's the that's the only one I'm citing on that one. The Broncos being hung over. I, I don't see that as racism. Well, 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 I just want to be clear. I just want to be
5: clear. I'm not saying that any of those particular ones aren't racism. I just can't call it racism.
0: Okay. All right. All right.
5: And and that's the world that we live in. That's the problem. This is, see, when it comes to racism and discrimination and institutionalized biases and racism, there's collateral damage on both sides. So if you're just a a really good white guy who happens to be making the best decision, business decision for his organization, and it's now another white person, you might look like a racist when you're not. And that's unfortunate. And so we all suffer because of racism and because of the lack of diversity. That's why you bring black and brown people in. You bring women in and then watch how diverse things get. You see what I'm saying? I don't care if it's the NFL or any other organization. If you are constantly making decisions and your room looks like white males only, then I can sit here and lob bombs from you uh, at you from the outside because I see what it looks like. But if you bring in the diversity, if you include people of color, if you are inclusive of other genders and uh, sexual orientations, then I can't rob those bombs. And be, but also what I know will follow is increased diversity. And here's what's most important, increased production. It's been proven all over the world. When you include diverse people from different backgrounds with different ideas and ideology, your production, no matter, again, if you're producing widgets, producing wins they go up
0: all right i want to read the text i know you wanted to hear what the people had to say uh it cuts both ways although overwhelmingly positive uh from the 314 you need tayoka on every week he is outstanding that is from the 314 from the 314 a very good segment can get tired of this talk but the allegations are appalling love hearing his perspective and your thoughts on the business side of it because in the end the nfl do whatever it has to do for the business uh, I'm stop right
5: there, sir I'm tired too I just want to say that back to you I said if you're tired imagine being black in America well I grew, I, I wake up tired bro I wish I'd never spoke about this again I'm so happy we don't talk about black quarterbacks again because it's not an issue anymore they're there Please, let's stop talking about it because it's over. Go ahead. Sorry about that.
0: No, no problem. I want your responses on it. Very good segment. uh, Let's see, I read that one. Let's be honest. There were tons of people who changed stations when you brought this up today and were to have a guest on to discuss it. People don't want to change, sadly. That is from the 608. Uh, man, mm-hmm. is so good at just breaking things down. Thanks. That comes from Stepdad Gary. Uh, here we got a dissenting uh, one. I'm just reading in order. Jackson, you can attest to mm-hmm. this. I'm not picking and choosing. Yep. From the 636, is this a sports talk show or is this a why America and white people are evil show? That is from mm. the 636. Uh, mm. This is a great interview, by the way, also from the 636, different phone number. Um, Tyoka, is Shad. Kron- would Shad Khan count as being Brown, by your definition? The owner of the Jaguars, who nearly bought the Rams, and then uh, Stan Kroenke exercised his right of first refusal. So in that case, uh, I would imagine you would have... Been, can yeah, let that, me that, respond to that. Yeah, is,
5: yeah. I, I, with all due apologies to, to, to uh, Mr. Khan, yeah, I, w- I would certainly include him as Brown. He's not... African American, he's not Hispanic, but that doesn't matter. He's brown. Yes. So there is one. Um, and where, where is Mr. Khan from? Is he Pakistan. from the United States? Pakistan. Okay. So he, he, yeah, so that's great. So that's diversity. There, there's one. There you go. <laughs> there's one. Now, my question to Mr. Khan is why haven't you hired Byron Leftwich? I, I don't. Can you please explain, Mr. Khan? I, he played for your team, um, he's won a Super Bowl. Um, he's coached the greatest quarterback of all time and, and he's had some of his best seasons of his career under his tutelage. I just, you know, so to the, to the answer to the question about, is this a sports show? Yeah, this is a sports show. Byron Lefkowitz is a offensive coordinator, in of national football league who can't get hired as a head coach. Uh, Eric Viennemi is a super bowl winning offensive coordinator in the national football league who can't get hired as a head coach. Uh, So, yes, this is a sports show, and unfortunately for your ears, there are a lot of issues that go into sports, including money and race and equity and gender. I know it's burning your ears, but, you know, it's sports, and it all is related, sir.
0: Final question, because we are out of time. Uh, does this, and this comes from the three four, does this Flores lawsuit af- affect his ability to get another head coaching job now, in your <laughs> opinion? you think he will ever be a head coach again? No. Wow, no, you instantaneously called that one.
5: Absolutely not. And this is why I, in my initial tweet, said that Brian Flores is the Colin Kaepernick of football coaches. He fell on a sword. It's over. He, he took one for the culture. He's done. Smartly, he waited until he had concrete evidence that when shown to a jury of his peers would be very compelling, right? We all can say, hey, I was a victim of racism, but like I said at the top of the show, it's really hard to prove it. Well, he's got receipts, like for real, for real receipts. Uh, And you're talking
0: about the Belichick tax showing that he was going to get the interview even though they had decided to hire Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dable.
5: That's exactly right, and so he will get paid. It will never see the light of, uh, or the dimly lit uh, courtroom, (laughs) that your lawsuit. He'll get paid, and that will be the end of his cause or his uh, NFL career. I I would be shocked if he shows up at a uh, predominantly white institution in terms of college, but maybe we'll see but but he will never coach in the National Football League again, and he'll be well compensated for it.
0: All right, Tyoka, man, we could go on for hours, but uh, we are on a clock, and we got to go. As always, I love the conversation. Thank you so much for the time this morning, man.
5: And, Tim, let me say this, man. There aren't a lot of guys who will bring someone on to talk about this subject, and so kudos to you. That's why we're cool, man, because you don't always agree with me, and I don't always agree with you, but you're willing to have conversations about very important things that affect our country and our culture outside of blocking and tackling and scoring touchdowns and and for that I respect the hallelujah man and that's why when you call, them, always pick up,
0: bro. I appreciate that, Tayoka. Those are very kind sentiments. And uh, I think we all can agree we hope the Bengals win here in uh, in 12 days. Am I correct? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa. whoa what whoa, happened? Whoa. What happened? All of a sudden. All of a sudden. <laughs> There's one of those disagreements. There's there it, one of those disagreements right there. <laughs> there it is. Well, I look forward right to talking again, man. <laughs> My pleasure, bro. There he is. Tayoka Jackson with us here. We got to take a break. Uh, what'd your grandma think on the other side of the break? This is 1 1 ESPN.
2: We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs tire and auto centers on one Oh one ESPN. Sometimes the media asks bad questions. Not, not a good question. Like
4: coach. Uh, how cool was it that it was a Wisconsin player that, uh, sank the winning shot?
2: Well, they're all Wisconsin
4: players or
2: I'm doing a story about new year's resolutions. And I was just wondering if you had any, you wanted to share with your fans and our readers. Yeah. No, not right now. Okay. Thanks. And when that happens, players will fire back. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Stop asking me stupid questions now each time. So what'd your grandma
4: think?
0: All right, we got to go super quick. What do we have here, uh, Jackson? We're at- it's already 11 o'clock. I know. I'm going to uh, wind up fighting BK and Ferrario. So and I t- th- should be fought. They should beat me up for this. Yes. I'm in their time.
1: Uh, this is a good one of Tom Brady as he retired yesterday. I figured this was a timely one.
3: <laughs> not talking about it.
2: Thumbs up or thumbs down for Sunday? We'll see. Did throw any footballs today?
5: Uh, I'm not talking about that.
2: And did
4: you
5: practice today? I was out there. The yeah. I was practice? It was fun.
1: Um, why are when you wearing gloves
4: at the first
5: conference? I've worn them before. you
3: When you're managing an injury, is it more
1: of a functionality of holding, gripping, throwing, or is it pain management whenever you've dealt with injury?
3: Uh, They're all different. It's football.
2: Tom, what exactly happened
0: on Wednesday? I'm not talking about it.
2: Tom, why are you wearing gloves inside?
0: She already asked that. There There it is. Tom Brady. I would give up after the one. Qu- I got to be honest with you. You already know where things are. But, hey, <laughs> all right, we got to go. Uh, I really apologize to BK for right, not cool. Uh, this has been, uh, thank you to Tyoka Jackson. Great conversation. Awesome, Whether people you. liked it or not, you know, we're going to do what we're going to do. So there it is. Uh, it has been Balloon Party on 101
2: ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.